This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome everybody. It's Wednesday morning. It's June the 17th. Father's Day is on Sunday. We've got a lot to talk about uh, today. A very, very full show for you today. So thank you for being with us. You'll be thanking me later because the show's going to be so good. <laughs> uh, good morning, Nico and Jimmy. Good morning, Buzz. We're going to... Uh, Go around and talk about what everybody's working on uh, today here in just a few moments. I think today might be a weird show. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the topics that we have to talk about Confederate flag. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's pretty standard for now. I just don't know if there's anything new to be said about. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Like, I want to get in. Oh, it's Brandon wrote a blog. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Buzzley. Brandon is broadcasting from home. We found out he's in the bathroom when he does this. <laughs> yes, that's the echo that you hear. Yeah. I'm in the shower. He gets the best studio acoustics in the in the bathroom. Uh, so Brandon wrote about the uh, Confederate flag. He has kind of a, well, I, I would say a pretty unique uh, look at it. Uh, I don't know if it's unique or not, yeah. but it's something that's, it's definitely a question that's popped into my head. All right. And it's because of social media. Okay. All right. We'll, uh, we'll get into that sticky topic uh, coming up a little bit later <laughs> in the show. Uh, since Brandon, uh, since we got you there, why don't we go ahead and start uh, sharing what everybody's working on today. Brandon's got sports covered, so what are we talking about today in Sports Headlines, Brandon? We're learning a lot more about the NBA and the season resuming. They have a deadline for players because they're letting them sit out. If the players don't feel comfortable with coming back, they're going to allow them to sit out. Uh, for some of the players, they're going to lose a bit of their salary, but if you're what's considered a protected player or an excused player, then you're not going to lose any of your salary if you don't return. Okay. Nico is going to have to wear masks and stuff like that. Nico is very into his newfound role as the news deliverer (laughs) of the morning show because Lisa's out. Lisa normally does the news. Joanna is running the controls because Brandon's at home, not with COVID-19 because a few people did ask me. About that, yes. No, he's got another disease. He's got some other, he worse actually, but uh, <laughs> no, I think he's just got a cold, <laughs> like a seasonal flu. But uh, so, because of that, Nico's covering the news, and Nico feels like he deserves his own personal uh, intro. Yeah. So, I got I got it coming up you for you. Intro? Uh-huh. Oh, awesome. I got you your own news intro. So, Nico, why don't you kind of preview what? you have coming up in news today. Sure. Uh, it's always been suspected, but now it's proven. Instagram and Facebook boost hot bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. Wow. 
that is uh, my is first that, news Is that topic. technically news? Yeah, that's uh, news to me. That Instagram and which other, other one? And uh, Facebook. They boost uh, uh, posts that have, uh, you know, half-naked people in them. But this is actually proven now. Everybody suspected it, but okay. finally we got the proof. All right. Well, it's it's like that whole Apple thing where we all knew that they were doing something to your phone so that the battery wouldn't last. Oh, yeah. Like everybody knew it. Now they're finally admitting it. Yeah. Now we know they just break you know, over time. All right. And Joanna Barba. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Joanna's got her pulse on Hollywood. So what do you have coming up in our Hollywood news later? NBC is producing a new episode of 30 Rock, and it's all in an effort to hype up their fall schedule. I never saw 30 Rock. Oh my God! You are missing out on one of the greatest shows I've heard of that, all time. I've heard Thirty Rock was really, really good, and you know, very memorable, super memorable episodes. And the jokes are some moments. of the top jokes you can get. All the callbacks, you know, funnier than It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Would you say? Um, they're different, <laughs> but I mean, I, I think it's just one of the greatest shows ever created. The Thirty Rock is just one of the best shows ever made. We're working through this whole thing where Nico showed me Thirty Rock. Uh, not 30 Rock. It's always sunny. It's always sunny. And I didn't find it funny at all. It's taken a couple days to finally find the right episodes for you. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure I'm totally in on that. No. Not. I mean, there was one episode where I was just stunned. I have detailed notes of your reactions <laughs> that say differently. So. You watched new episodes? Or I mean, for you, new episodes. <clears throat> yeah, apparently we did yesterday. <laughs> what do you mean, apparently you did? I was pretty tired. <laughs> Sure, sure. And Nico put on a bunch of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes. And like one of them was. Not one, one of them you laughed, one of them you cried. What? You cried? Well, there was one that was really emotional uh, in that <laughs> that's not what, what you expect from yeah. It's Always Sunny uh-huh. in Philadelphia. It was just like, oh my God, that's like a <laughs> ballet dance number. And I've never been a person who's into, da- you know, I've just never been moved emotionally mm-hmm. by dance. I was moved emotionally <laughs> by this scene. It was like, oh my God, that is the most beautiful expression I've ever seen. Artistic expression I've ever seen. And it's on this stupid show that I don't even like. <laughs> yeah. I asked myself, I was like, it doesn't mean that you're going to go look up other dances though, right? He's yeah. Like, it might have been. It yeah. might have opened up a whole world of, you? I didn't know that dance could be so beautiful. You know, I've seen... I, I'm aware of what ballet is. Uh-huh. I, I, I saw Black Swan. So, But I've never seen them doing their dancing and been like, oh, that really connects to me. You know, it touches me on an emotional level until I saw the scene in oh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Mac is ballet dancing in front of a, uh, his father. Who's in prison. Who's in prison. <laughs> right? I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to reassess... <laughs> The art form of dance. <laughs> uh, That's amazing. Coming up uh, later, uh, there's an article right here. Nico, I'm going to draw your attention to it. Okay. It says, did Buzz order lingerie and investigation? Oh, okay. Because I, I got a box in the mail, and Joanna was very intrigued because it was from some company that, honestly, I've never heard of. Uh I've never ordered from them. But she recognized the box. (laughs) What is this company? Joanna? Adore Me? Yeah, what is it? It is a lingerie company. 
So wait, the, so Joanne, are you familiar with that just because uh, you know the brand, or because you've ordered from them before? Because I've ordered them. Before. Oh, <laughs> they sell like, swimsuits. She comes and in stuff. and she's like, uh, she's like, Buzz, <laughs> you got something from Adore Me, and I'm like, oh, okay, what is Adore Me? And she said, it's a famous, I guess, famous lingerie online store. Yeah. <laughs> So now, are you hooked? Do you want to find yes. out what it was? Okay. Something crotchless. I've got a blog up. Since we're talking about the website over at buzzadamshow.com, this one is titled, How My Uncle Got Into and Kicked Out of the Guinness Book of Records. And it's all about my Uncle Don, who passed away just a couple it's months a ago. It's a very interesting story. Right. It's super interesting. So my uncle, for like 20 years, was in the Guinness Book of Records, and he got kicked out. Not somebody broke his record and got replaced. They they kicked him out of the Guinness Book of World Records. And, like they didn't consider his record to be worthy anymore, or? It's a whole thing, man. I mean, I, I think I need to bring it up later. But what what sparked me talking about this was my mom sent me a video of the actual thing he did to get into the Guinness Book of Records. Oh. I didn't know that video existed. I wasn't aware. It's from 1970. Now you're wondering: Was he like a big fat twin on a motorcycle, yeah. or did he wear a, <laughs> did he wear a beard of beans? Cannonball to the stomach. Yeah, did he take that big cannonball to the stomach? What did he do? Was he that guy that had those fingernails that were so long they started curling around? And stuff? <laughs> well, another one of those things you're going to have to. Uh, yeah, I'm super curious have to wait to find out about. Good Lord, so. we really do have a jam packed show. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> we got neckline calls uh, today that we're going to get to. And just a whole lot uh, that is going on, not only um, among us on the show and our listeners, but everything going on in the world, too. So It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Coming up, we're going to have a look at the Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events. I don't know if this is still on, but in a normal year, this would be ride your motorcycle to work day. But like a lot of the observances and stuff like that they they i think like take your kids to work day came up right in the middle of the shutdown i i mean technically we're probably still right in the middle of the shutdown but so they didn't have that but uh we're gonna have the mo show calendar coming up here in just a few minutes branded sports around the corner uh so you'd never heard of this uh this group that styles themselves the boogaloo boys I had not. No. But you, you look, term. Did you look it up? Some? I did, yeah. I finally got the Wikipedia in front So <laughs> what's the thing? I've always gotten the impression it's like, oh, these guys want to revolt against the government, and a lot of it's tied up in their hopes for a race war. I, I think it's a lot of those things tied up. <clears throat> uh, I guess they identify as libertarian, you know, people who just don't want the government infringing on anything. Okay. Um, but they're also... Citizen militia, basically. You know, they you know they dress in fatigues. They carry assault weapons, and you know, what's that? When you go to a Black Lives Matter, and most of the Black Lives Matter people don't have guns, but you come out with like heavy ordnance. Yeah, I mean, what's the message there? Well, isn't that an intimidation tactic? Are we in a moment where de-escalation is what we're trying to talk about? <laughs> right, because escalation has been the problem. Well, I think the case with this statue of this conquistador. By the way, we have a big statue of that conquistador yeah, at the airport. Right? Yeah, it's. I call it the horse testicle statue. He's got some big ones. Yeah, and you can't miss them either. It's like. Yeah. 
Welcome to El Paso. It's a giant statue, so I get it. The te- the testicles on the horse are going to be big, but on this statue, it's like you can tell he the artist went into loving detail. So it was his favorite horse. Yeah, they're like you know like veins and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't if they're going to try and pull that one over. That one's huge, man. Brandon, yeah. you know the statue that we're talking about that's outside the airport. I I do. I see it frequently. Yeah, it's like well. Look, honey, there's long-term parking. Oh, there's the horse ball statue. That's <laughs> <laughs> how so you give people directions on where you want to go to the, uh, pick somebody up. Yeah, take a left at the Steve horse the right ball of the balls. Um, what what else did you learn about the Boogaloo well, boys? Well, it looks kind like, of loosely It looks like they're organized. loosely organized. They don't have a news. Yeah. Well, they might. <laughs> well, it, they it don't looks, have a national headquarters. For no, instance. but they might have a Facebook group. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, um, right. And it does look like some group, part of the group, are white nationalists or neo Nazis and believe that there is a race war that's impending right. and they want to be on the So front there's a, lines. definitely a hardcore racist branch to, of this. A branch, because other uh-huh. groups condemn racism and white supremacy and are just more of the libertarian side. But, you know, I think this is the same type of thing they talk about about the Black Lives Matter movement. I think they, it's what they talk about when they talk about Antifa, too. Yeah. They, if these are these are decentralized. It's not like there's one guy running, you know, everything. Uh, so here's an interesting story. Uh, a police officer was shot at a Black Lives movement, and it was uh, pinned by the White House on Antifa. How on the nose is it, by the way, that this administration has picked out as their enemy the anti-fascist? I mean, that really seems to be hitting the nail on the head in a lot of ways. That it's like, you know who we're really against? The anti-fascist. That's who we hate. So they said, uh, you know, this was Antifa. It turns out they have uh, confirmed that it was actually a guy who was a member of the extremist Boogaloo movement. Uh suspected in the shooting deaths of two officers in California. And they describe Boogaloo as a loosely knit group of heavily armed anti-government extremists. If you're telling me only some of them are hardcore racist, well, sure, I'm willing to believe that not everybody's like committed to a race war, but... But some are. <laughs> but there are some. Stephen Carrillo, 32, faces a federal murder charge in the May 29th drive-by shooting of David Underwood, a federal protective services officer in Oakland. At the time, a protest against police brutality was taking place nearby. Carrillo, an active duty staff sergeant at Travis Air Force Base at the time, is also the suspect in the June 6th death of a Santa Cruz Sheriff's deputy. Uh, the bo- uh, According to Jim Anderson, uh, who is Jim Anderson? Mr. A U.S. attorney. Anderson. Hello, Mr. Anderson. Now, uh, Jim Anderson <laughs> is a U.S. attorney, and he says the boogaloo term is used by extremists to reference a violent uprising or impending civil war in the United States. Pat Underwood was murdered because he wore a uniform. So I guess these guys are anti-Black Lives Matter, and some of them are also anti-police. So that guy, he murdered two law enforcement officers? Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, investigators believe Carrillo used a ghost gun, a homemade AR-15-type rifle, in both shootings. And the ri- rifle has been recovered. 
Uh, so yeah, the the White House eventually originally was like, you know, this was obviously this is that Antifa threat we've been warning you about. Is like, uh, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. It's like like extreme right wing paramilitary guys They're, who are also who may or may not be vicious racist. They're the anti Antifas. Yeah, you could just call them. So there's the fascist. They're the profas. They're the profas. The pro fascist <laughs> is what it sounds like. Uh, okay, so just a little background information there. Right. Um, let's go ahead and get to our Mocho calendar and daily almanac of events for today. Uh, for gosh sake, don't forget Father's Day is on Sunday. I feel like that would be easy to forget. For some reason, oh, yeah. in the middle of the pandemic, everybody you know remembered mom, but dad always gets forgotten. Yeah. So uh, Father's Day is coming up. Today's National Garbage Man Day. Those are some unsung heroes, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You don't even think about the garbage city man. services, man. I, well, you only think about the garbage man when you're still asleep and you hear those cans being dragged across the the thing and then the truck. <laughs> uh, birthdays today include actress Jodie Whittaker, who is the current and first female Doctor Who. Woo! On Doctor Who. Tennis star Venus Williams celebrating her 40th birthday today. Wow. So happy 40th Venus. Formerly of Saturday Night Live, McGruber and star of Last Man on Earth is Will Forte, who is 50 today. Last Man on Earth, I really got into. I mean, I watched it every every Sunday, and then they left it on a cliffhanger and then canceled the show. It's like they left it on a huge cliffhanger. That's the worst. I know. And then it's like got canceled in the off season. Actor and the original host of Talk Soup, Greg Kinnear, is 57. Brandon, is that right? And Greg Kinnear was the first guy uh, that did Talk Soup, or was there anybody before him? I can't remember if it was him or not, but I do. We this is two days in a row we've had a Greg Kinnear reference oh, though because we were talking about we were stuck talking on you, about stuck oh, yeah. on you, yeah. <laughs> And that uh, Ben Carson played the doctor that separated Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, birthday today for actor Thomas Hayden Church, uh, who was in the Academy Award nominated in the movie Sideways. Great and movie. Played and he Lowell. was in, on Wings, wasn't he? Was he was Lowell on Wings. And do you remember he was also the supervillain Sandman in... The the Spider last Man Tobey Maguire oh, Spider Man movie. I love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a real good actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. Thomas Hayden Church is sixty. He played great sand. <laughs> Formerly of Saturday Night Live, Joe Piscopo is sixty nine today. Also, Barry Manilow seventy seven, and Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich is 77. Uh, this date 135 years ago in 1885, the Statue of Liberty arrived in New York City. It was a gift from France. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they were trying to butter us up for. It was like, uh, we think that maybe there are some world wars. We will need uh, you to, how do you say, save our bacon? Here's <laughs> a nice, beautiful statue. Just keep it in mind. And uh, today, I don't know if they're observing it, but ride your motorcycle to work day. Do you know what doctors, uh, especially 
uh, uh, transplant doctors call motorcycles? Um, Donor cycles. <laughs> and the reason is motorcycle accidents result in, other than brain trauma, usually yeah. the other organs are undamaged yeah. and they make perfect uh, donors. So, mm -hmm. And it happens so frequently so on often. a motorcycle that they call it a donor cycle. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. There is a video of of me receiving a delivery from Adore Me, which is a lingerie website. So I've never heard of that before. Neither and I. I mean, it's not was like it, a, it's not like it for it, you or for Nico. <laughs> that's what that's what Joanna wanted to know. So she came in with a camera and was kind of like, "Open it right now. Let's see what's in it." What What did you get from the online lingerie giant? I just want to say me. that it wasn't me who said, "Hey, do you want to come see what's in the box?" I gave you the box, right? And then I kind of walked away. Yeah, but and then Buzz is the one that was like, "Do you want to film me while I open it?" <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I was like. I'm about to see Buzz's man thong. <laughs> Is that what you thought was going to happen? Yes. Okay. It's actually uh, pasties. <laughs> All right. So at our website, buzzadamshow.com. They call this one the Grundle Bundle. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is an image of a Confederate flag on our website. Hmm. That's uh, concerning, but it's there because Brandon's got a post up. So, Brandon, you want to tell us a little bit about the post over at BuzzAdamShow.com? Yeah. Um, for some strange reason, people have been sharing a lot of Confederate flag things recently. I'm not really sure why. Uh, but one of the memes that I keep seeing, it's just it's a picture of the Confederate flag. And it says, I challenge all my friends on Facebook to repost this to show that we will not back down from our heritage. Now, one of the biggest concerns I have with this is I had family members who were doing this. We're from Oregon, uh, not necessarily the Deep South. But a racist history, though, in Oregon, if you want to go oh, over there, that Oh, there's real big quick. time racist history in Oregon. Um, but so this would have been my dad's cousin i believe was the one that who posted this so my dad commented on the picture when the bleep did you or your family ever own slaves <laughs> <laughs> so that's what my dad wrote and then and so good then the for dave respond, and so then the cousin responded with if you give people the right to erase the past one day they're going to erase you as well oh, we God. had to do okay. what we did to get where we're at so we can call ourselves Americans. And it was just, it just it makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, and so I just I, I posted this on Reddit as well. The question of what does the Confederate flag mean slash represent to you? Intending this more for some pro Confederate flag people, because I don't get it. I don't understand it. You lost. Because yeah. here's what it represents to me. And this is, this is in that blog post at buzzadamshow.com. The Confederate flag to me represents a choice. A choice to leave the United States of America because you didn't believe slavery was wrong. You wanted to keep slaves based on the color of their skin. This choice led to an actual war against the United States of America. Oh, and by the way, you lost. That's what it represents to me, but mm -hmm. apparently it's a big enough of a deal that people still need to flag, uh, fly this thing uh, very proudly. So I'm, I was hoping that I would get at least some sort of a response from people about, 
what it means to them and why they're so proud of it. And every single response had everything to do with, you know, jokes and, and, and people saying like, yeah, it means racism. Uh, the top answer was a participation trophy for coming in second in the Civil War. <laughs> All right. There were, um, there were only two. <laughs> yeah, there was. A, that's, the, that's the point. Nico. There, was a, there was a winner, but then the loser got a participation trophy. It's like, yeah. It's your, um, these statues. There's even there's even one person who said, I'm not American, but it screams redneck to me. <laughs> and that and that's what most of the uh, I, I'll admit, the responses I, are. So I still I still haven't heard the answer that I'm looking for. Like, what is this heritage that people are talking about? What is this great history of the Confederate flag that I am not? aware of and I, look i'll be open-minded i the, the whole reason i posed the question is i want to have an open discussion which i know can be very difficult because as you can tell by what it means to me i'm very anti-confederate flag i, I think that's such a good point because i've always wondered that the confederate the confederacy was essentially traitors right so if you are pro-confederate you're well you know, there's a there's pro trader, anti-American. Yeah, that's anti-American. There's a whole thing that uh, this heritage thing that's been adapted because it was clearly, you know, uh, that that symbol was to keep blacks who were newly free and newly given the right exactly. to vote. It was to keep them in check. Impress Reconstruction, but, Jim Crow laws. But now th- th- there's been this whole rewriting of the Confederate uh, side uh, that started 40 years ago, uh, which is the lost cause narrative, which is like, no, it was never about slavery. It was about states' rights. What they don't go into yeah, further the is that the state's right slaves. to own slaves. Right. <laughs> it's clearly written in, in like a lot of the documents of secession of yeah. these individual states. They clearly list our primary cause is slaves to keep slaves. So to own human beings. But I remember this in my schooling. Like I at some point knew that the Civil War was over slaves. And then along about seventh grade, they were like, it was actually about states' rights. And I was like, what? How do you pull this switcher? And then I read years later, it was a whole movement uh, to get this alternative narrative about the Civil War into textbooks. And apparently it worked because that was I, – I remember that. It's like, wait a minute. Now you're telling me the Civil War wasn't about sla- slavery? It totally was about slavery. Yeah. And the whole thing with these statues that are up – uh, right after the Civil War, there were some monuments. Most of those were in cemeteries, you know, because it was like the children of somebody who okay, died in sure. war or whatever, and they had a monument. But the peak for Civil War monuments was 1900 to 1920. And that was right when Jim Crow laws were being uh, enforced, enforced, but also being fought back against. Uh, so they put up a bunch of these civil wars. You know, at this point, the Civil War had been over 50, 60 years. And they started putting up these monuments, and it was to reassert the power dynamic, which was, this is still the South. We used to own you. You may think, right, you may think that you have some kind of equality, but this statue is to remind you that you don't. We used to own you, and this statue is to remind you of that. One of the things that boggles my mind as well is how you always have like big time Civil War reenactments in the South. You're reenacting something you lost. That's like the Atlanta Falcons 
showing like, hey, here's where we scored a touchdown. We're going to ignore the fact that we lost. Uh, we blew a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl, but we're going to focus on this one play where Julio Jones made an amazing catch. It, it seems it, it boggles my mind. Well, I don't think the I don't think they reenact the same side every year. I think they take turns. You know, I, I had read uh, an article many years ago about Civil War reenactors. And they said that the the entire thing uh, had a problem, and that was there weren't enough people who wanted to reenact being Union soldiers, so they wanted <laughs> to reenact this battle. They all and wanted it, to be Confederate. Everybody who was into this Civil War reenactment stuff wanted to be the rebels and it was really difficult to stage a mock battle or something so they would have guys who also bought a union uniform just so they could make it but nobody wanted to on their own cosplay as <laughs> the union soldiers i mean yeah i think the whole thing is wrapped up so in in racism uh at, at one point i thought the the flag looked cool because it was on like records by Molly Hatchett and Leonard Skinner, and I really like those bands. And the General Lee, Pantera. Yeah, the Pantera used the Confederate flag yeah. a lot too. Uh, so there were a lot of, of the music that I was, you know, I appreciated Leonard Skinner and mm-hmm. those bands. But when you take a longer look at it, you see what it really is. It's like a reminder in the South that all these people who had been property mm-hmm. could vote; they could be elected. Unless you did something about it. And one of the things that they did, in addition to violence and threats of violence, was flying this flag everywhere, putting it as part of their state flag, just to remind those people when they had to go to court or if they had to go to a government building to renew their license, every time you walk past, you're going to see either that flag or that statue. And that's going to remind you of what you're really worth in this state. So, I mean, I... Whether you see it as a symbol of racism, it is. I mean, just because you want to say, oh, it's, that's not what it's about to me. It doesn't matter what it's about to you. It matters about what it does to your fellow citizens, and you ought to care about that a little bit. And also, you lost. Did you hear <laughs> Did you hear what uh, NASCAR did? This was a story last week, so you guys might have talked about it. You can't yeah, bring your own... Them. Confederate flag. all Confederate flags. Not allowed to do it. Bubba, uh, Bubba Wallace was a big fan of that. One of the racers was so upset about it that he said he was leaving racing. Uh, yeah. There was one Did you driver. see what his record in NASCAR was, though? He had never won, so I guess this is 0-2 <laughs> for him. <laughs> Probably well, the no, symbol a, no, of a loser. It's an ode to the Confederate flag and the Confederacy of losing is what yeah. it was. I can see why the symbol of a losing side would be so near and dear to this guy who decided. <laughs> um, uh, but look, as far as I know, there's no way that you somebody could ban it in your home, unless it was like a homeowners association. If you want to have a uh, rebel flag, but something like NASCAR definitely has the right to say, hey, not, not at our events and not on our property. And the fact that there are still some... Some states that have that as part of their, you know, package or their flag or whatever in 2020, it just it kind of blows the mind a little bit. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, got some neckline calls. I'm going to throw in a neckline call that we got yesterday. And uh, one of you know, we love all our callers. There are some that are like really Mm -hmm. special, though, when we get a call from somebody, it's like, oh, and uh, you were a little bit concerned, Brandon, about 
about a call that we played from Dean. Yes. Dean from Abilene, who's one of our callers. You found it prob- po- possibly problematic. Yeah, I always look forward to calls from Dean from Abilene because they're usually hilarious. Okay. But this one took a... a a dark turn? Different, dip, yeah, different tone. All right, well, I'll get to that one last. How about? Uh, you can leave a message for us anytime. That happens sometimes if you, if you, you know, you, you don't have time to call in right then, but you want to leave us a message. That's what the toll-free neckline is for. The toll-free neckline number is 844-805-NECK or 844-805-6325. Comments, uh, questions, maybe you just need to vent about something, all of that's welcome. Yeah, I have a question. It's a little off topic. It's in reference to Parks and Rec. Um, I hear you guys talking about it a lot. been watching it. You know, I got into it. Uh, I guess I'm on the last season where uh, Leslie Nope uh, becomes the... Uh, forest person and she now she's fighting with uh with what's his name Ron. i don't get it it's like when one season to the next the, that last season just became shitty man can you all explain it to me i was really into the show and now it's like eh. all right thanks bye yeah as as he was describing it i remember that final season there was a time jump like they were not like 40 years in the future but maybe like, it was like 2018 wasn't it was that when the finale aired? Is that what no, you're saying? It or when it was when the it was when the season was supposed to take place? I thought. What was the last season that Parks and Rex was on? 2016, maybe. Uh, it was set in the in the near future, but there had been a time jump. Yeah, and there were all kinds of references. 2015 was when the final episode aired. Okay, so they might have time jumped to like 2020. Uh, yeah, but you had found out. Whatever no, the issue, they only time jumped a couple of years. The time jumped to 2017. Oh, okay. So it was like it was like a two year time jump. But yeah, the the whole thing between Ron and Leslie, no longer or having a tense relationship, that had all happened off screen. But then they they kind of fill in what had happened. I guess there are some some like that some shows where it's like if somebody starts watching something and and you're familiar with the show. Like Nico told me when he was trying to get me sold on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, he said, you can kind of skip the first two seasons. Like, don't start on the first season, right? Yeah. Wasn't that your pro tip on I, I, It's Always Sunny? I did. And I think uh, Danny DeVito doesn't come to the second season. He really makes the show uh, like a really fun Would show. Would you tell people, uh, Brandon, who want to try out Parks and Rec? Because, you know, with streaming, that's the thing you could do. This is a show that, mm-hmm. that was, I thought it was brilliant, you know. Uh, would you tell him to skip the first couple of seasons of Parks and Rec? I would tell him to start from the beginning, but like, like Lisa was the perfect example of this. She tried multiple times and just could not get through the first couple Parks of seasons. Parks and Recreation is one of those shows that really hit its stride when they brought in some Season new, three. Yeah, season three, I think, is when they hit their stride. Unfortunately, they had to lose Mark Brandanowitz because of that. Right. But well, a lot of people try and pin it on... And, they try and pin it on Mark Brandanowitz was the problem. He wasn't... The, the actor was fine. The character was fine. It's just they, they brought in some new characters and it really filled it out, so... Well, and I think what happened was when the show first started, it was a show about Leslie Nope. And it was all about her. And then occasionally Mm. these side characters that she interacted with, what I thought made it great was when they really expanded on the side characters. And you got more plots with 
uh, April and Andy or Ron Swanson or, or to go Donna even, or, even deeper, uh, John Ralphio. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Haverford. Like that's when it got really good. Yeah. We told Lisa to start with season three. So she finished the whole series, but now she's interested in going back to the first two seasons just to see what she's missed. Is there another show like that? If you were going to tell somebody who's going to start watching it and you say, okay, but you know, I, I would say Game of Thrones, watch Game of Thrones, don't watch the final episode, and then go online and just watch as many fan re-edits of the final episode as you want to. <laughs> uh, all right, here's another call. I just wanted to say it's amazing how last year on August 3rd, we thought the police department, the past police department was the greatest. You know, we were praising the police, you know. And then now... Some of, some of you guys think that the El Paso police is like the worst people in the world, you know. Uh, and and then even now they even want the chief of police to resign because it's something he said six years ago. You know, it's like get over it. We live in a minority town. You know, it's uh, racism. It's rarely it's it's doesn't even mostly exist here in El Paso. You know, and some of you guys even wanted to start a riot, which is so dumb. You know, it's like, you know, the only people that hate the police here are the, are the criminals or you, you know, you're just, um, you know, you're always getting in trouble with the police, you know, make it over people, you know, I know it was, it's, it's the protest is for this guy who died and, you know, it's, yeah, you know, I know we're raising awareness, you know, but, you know, when you guys want to start a riot, it just, no, you guys went too far. Maybe I'm not in the know. I was out a week out of town for a week, but that is not a sentiment that I I know of anybody that's saying the police are terrible in El Paso or let's start a riot. It, 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 unless there's something that went on that I'm not there aware. There's stuff on who, the internet about it. Yeah, who are the people that are saying, "Oh, the El Paso police are the worst"? Well, here's what he said. There was there was. I have literally heard no one express that opinion. Not to say that there aren't some people, yeah, but I don't think it's think, a common opinion that people. I'm have. sure some people have had bad, you know, experiences with the police here in town. But for the most part, we we both know police officers here in town and are friends with them. They have all been. So I I don't know who these people are that are like hardcore anti. The way the guys describe. Well, we had it, protests, didn't we? We had protests in El Paso. Yeah, and they, the ones that they showed on TV looked very low-key i mean they didn't look like anybody sure. was assaulting anybody you know i guess there might well, have been some incidences of, of uh vandalism mm -hmm. but from what i saw the the protest locally it, it didn't look like it was so you think he's other. exaggerating the stance a little yeah uh this came out i, I think he the has the the caller has the tendency that we all do to kind of pick and choose you know what he's going to get uh, upset about or lay the blame on but I don't yeah, I mean, think there's a, a lot of people who are saying the police are terrible. No, it's a minority. But there was a petition online that has almost 7,500 signatures that was all about uh, El Paso Police Chief Greg Allen stepping down because of what he said about Black Lives Matter back in 2016. Oh. And then the, in this petition, it also does mention his, disa his distasteful comment uh, seems to reign true today as the peaceful protests in El Paso turned a different direction due to the police failing to keep their calm under their own pressure. 
or to keep calm under their own pressure, wearing riot gear, pushing, shoving, holding unnecessary weapons during a peaceful protest, such as batons and assault rifles, uh, throwing tear gas at their community. I, you, that sounds to me like they were disappointed that that the El Paso protests were so tame. So it's like, well, you know, Gotta make the it sound police like show. It was. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like. I didn't see anything that looked like you could compare it to what's going on in in some of the other major cities in America. No. Uh, all right, here's uh, here's the call that we we hit, listened to yesterday. Yeah, this is Dean from Abilene. And I just want to say that uh, black lives don't matter to black lives matter. Otherwise, they wouldn't be burning down black businesses, black churches. So black lives matter don't matter to black lives matter. No lives matter to them. What do you say about that? Uh, what do you think about that, Brandon? I'm disappointed in you, Dean. <laughs> That's what you said yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm hoping he's got some sort of retort. That's or, a or very broad brush like, to say that all the protests are like that, that rioting and burning down businesses and looting businesses is the main thrust of the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter protest. I mean, that seems like cherry picking to me, too. And let me think about this. Black lives don't matter to Black Lives Matter. Well, you know, everybody that protests for Black Lives Matter, I, I, I don't know how the percentages would break out, but I think it's a pretty small percentage of people that are looting stores. And I don't know no. that they're there for the Black Lives Matter reason anyway. No, but to say that everybody that, that affiliates with Black Lives Matter is the equivalent of a looter or a robber or an arsonist. I mean, I I, I don't think... Uh, I think that's you're conflating a lot of things in your head that may not be true, but you're you're disappointed because usually Dean is is kind of like lighthearted hilarious. and funny. Yeah, keep it, stick to stick to the funny <laughs> stuff, Dean. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Trying to be a normal guy. Yeah, I'm alcoholic, and yeah, I might say some shit. So, so. <laughs> okay, careful. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> I think we got to the key of something there, but I also think Joanna missed a word. Trying to be a normal guy. Yeah, I'm alcoholic and yeah i might say some shit so, so, some stuff sometimes but uh that's pretty cool dean from Abilene. i'm glad you guys enjoy me well, maybe i'll leave a message later and i have a few beers in me <laughs> so well i'm distracted that's the sober dean is what that was that just called right there yeah so, because that call came in early like at 10 in the morning and like right calls, after the show yeah. yesterday. Oh, I'm worried about the alcoholism usually, thing. I mean, that sounds like kind of a crack. His calls right? are usually in the evening. Oh, so this oh, okay. is probably beginning of the day. He hasn't started drinking yet. That's probably the sober Dean that we don't <laughs> normally hear. Well, he said he had a few. No, he said he'd call back after he has a few. Oh, okay, okay. That's what yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, Man, I, on, to be completely honest, I never would have assumed he was that old. I always kind of just... I pictured Dean as like a early like 20s. a thirty. Yeah. I, I pictured you like thirty. He has a young sounding voice. I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we learn a little bit. 
piece by piece about all of our listeners, yeah. I guess. Putting it all together. Dean doesn't consider himself any more racist than, than Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he is an alcoholic who sometimes talks crap when he's drunk. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, Joanna's going to get to our entertainment and Hollywood news coming up in just a moment, but there's a lot for you to read at buzzadamshow.com. You can go over it and find out why I got a a box that was from a lingerie, an online lingerie store and what was actually in the box. So there's a video for that one. Brandon's thoughts on the uh, Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. It's not so much Brandon's thoughts, but Brandon, it's like a question. Like what, I'm posing what, a question. Yeah, well, so what's the question? Uh what does the confederate flag mean to you because i see a lot of people saying well it's my heritage and uh, we need to make sure they're not going to erase history Mm -hmm. and for me it's not that anybody wants to erase history it's that we want to stop celebrating racists like we want to stop throwing this flag around and acting like it doesn't have any sort of derogatory meaning behind it. And and not just racist, but traitors. People who (laughs) actively went against the United States of America. Which is coincident, and I even put this in the article that's at buzzadamshow.com, is the fact that you can... Look now, and majority of the people that I see who are like, "Oh yeah, you know, you know," they they're willing to like share the these memes on Facebook. Like, about I dare you flag. to post this flag. Show them that we protect our history. It, yeah, like, and things it's like, like okay, that. but then they're also like, you know, if you don't like it here in America, you can leave. Um, you guys tried and lost. <laughs> yeah, right? If you're so adamant about that in, in the Confederate flag, it's like you're you're talking out of both sides of your mouth here. Mm-hmm. So I started the conversation, which I, I can understand is difficult because I'm I'm clearly anti-Confederate flag. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I never have. But that's not to say that I don't want to hear another side of it. But for me. It represents a choice, a choice to leave the United States of America because you didn't believe slavery uh, slavery was wrong. Well, a lot of those people would say, well, that war wasn't even about slavery. It was about states' rights, which is... No, it was about slavery. It was, it was, about, totally. it was about states' rights to have slavery. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. When they say it's states' right, it's like, well, which right was it specifically that they were up in arms about? Uh, it had to do with property. Yeah, you know, what kind of property? Uh, People. H- human capital. <laughs> <laughs> so I even post this uh, up on Reddit, just this question, because I, I know typically what I'm going to get. You're going to stir up a hornet's nest there, of course, right? Well, actually, not really. Not as much as that you would think, because I anticipated more people asking or um uh, responding that are pro-Confederate flag. And even even now, as we've been talking about it this morning, still haven't heard anything concrete because all I see is I, I've had people who I know that were like grown up in Oregon and they would post this meme that says, I challenge all my friends on Facebook to repost this to show that we will not back down from our heritage. Dude, what heritage are you talking about? <laughs> Like, you're from Oregon. Like, I get that you're like from the redneck part of Oregon, but that doesn't mean you fought the northern part of Oregon in the Civil War. Yeah, and it's the 21st century. Yeah. It just it's, you know it, it boggles my mind. The one thing that I don't get are current U.S. military bases that are named for Confederate generals and leaders. How, did, how was that decision ever made? Well, a lot of the Confederate generals were West Point graduates and, and major... Uh, figures in the yeah, but I don't army. think these military bases were named after them before the Civil War. This was after the Civil no, War. So whatever after. General Lee had done during the the Mexican American War, for instance, I think had kind of been overshadowed 
by the, the Civil, Civil War. War. Absolutely. Well, maybe it goes to the, the whole statue thing that you brought up earlier, that they are to remind the people around them of slavery. Yes, because a lot of these statues, some of them were, were erected in the years after the war, but those were mostly in cemeteries. You mm-hmm. know, they were like monuments to the Confederate war dead. It wasn't until 1900, so more than 30 years later, between 1900 and 1920, that's when you started seeing a lot of these Confederate monuments going up in government buildings and town squares in the South. And the reason was, after 35 years of of Jim Crow, there was some sign that blacks were finally going to get some measure of equality and be allowed to to vote there you know to vote and not be and this was a clear message it's like you know what we're going to put up this giant statue of this confederate you know whether it's jefferson davis or 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 general lee or whoever it is and you're going to have to walk by it every day because we're going to put it right in the middle of town and you're going to see that and that's going to remind you that not so much has changed as Mm -hmm. you think it has and you know then there was another big uh, jump in Confederate uh, statues and memorials and stuff. Would you care to guess when that was? Hmm. The 1960s yeah, during the Civil, Civil Rights, Rights Movement, right? In the 1960s, you saw another spike. So these, a lot of these statues are not as old as as these people I think think they are. Some of them are, are nowhere near as old, but. Uh, the yeah, the Confederate flag should just go. But the real thing I don't get are military bases named after after former U.S. soldiers who get this abandoned the United States, to then fight fought against, against U.S. soldiers, and, and now we're currently gonna name uh, our bases. We're going to name our bases after them. I, mean, I don't think we've ever done that. Is there like a like a you know a, a gen- general wellington uh base is there a benedict arnold fort benedict arnold there is a monument to benedict arnold or a fort hirohito um i've got a post up that you may or may not be interested in but i didn't know this video existed i had an uncle who was super interesting and i've got some pretty wacky uncles that i could get into it later but uncle don uh passed away a couple months ago so my uncle oh, Don uh, used to do parachuting and he was one of the first guys ever to fly one of those ultralight aircraft you know which is basically a bicycle yeah that, like a glider <laughs> with, almost but it has an engine on it okay. so he would do that sort of stuff uh, and all of his kids did it and they did something called base jumping do you know what base jumping is it's where you jump from like a really tall mountain right or a cliff or something well there's it's an acronym actually so base is building antenna span or earth hmm. and earth is just cliff mm-hmm. you know a span would be a bridge and the reason my uncle don was in the guinness book world record before he got kicked out he jumped off the royal gorge bridge in colorado in 1970 i didn't know there was video of this but my mom had sent it to me and i was like you know i always knew this about my uncle don but i didn't know there was a video of him doing it so uh, i got the video up there he was in the guinness book of world records for like 20 years and then he said that he got a call and they said oh we're taking your record out not because somebody beat it because at the time it was the tallest bridge in the world the reason was Guinness went back and they removed all the records that were considered either 
inherently dangerous or broke the law. And my Uncle Don's record was both. (laughs) It was illegal? He was arrested when he hit the bottom of of the Royal Gorge. Yeah, it was illegal to throw objects off the bridge including yourself yourself (laughs) the object being him (laughs) so uh he got he got kicked out of he didn't actually go to jail or anything they arrested him i think he paid a fine or whatever but the guinness book of world record decided if you broke the law in commission of your record we're taking those do do they explain why they did that because it sounds like it's to prevent future people from doing sure. similar acts. Yeah, absolutely. It okay. was like, well, we don't want anybody to do it and say they were trying to get the Guinness Book of World Record and they broke the law and hurt somebody. Okay. You know? But so, couldn't they have just said, hey, like these are staying in the books, but... We just won't allow it in it, the future. It, yeah, anything... There anything goes my uncle, that's my Uncle Don out. jumping off the bridge right there. Uh-huh. Have, you get, have you ever been to the Royal Gorge? No. It's almost a thousand feet above the, the bed of the gorge. And it's like people look like tiny little ants down there. I mean, imagine being on top of a 100-story building. No, like his parachute's still going down. He looks tiny. It looks very small. Yeah. So that that's my Uncle Don. And uh, he just passed away a couple months ago. I didn't make it to the funeral. I felt kind of bad about it. That's terrible. What? <laughs> you, you couldn't make it. I got so many uncles and aunts. I mean, and I, <laughs> I, he's starting to think about his vacation time and how much of his PTO it's going to gobble up. Was, like, well, I got six aunts, I got eight uncles, and it's going to be at least four days apiece. I imagine you have some pretty goofy uncles. Like, was was he a kind of odd fellow even when you knew him? Well, he was definitely a thrill seeker. Yeah, I mean. He, no, he was a good uncle. He was like a very quiet. Hey, Buzz, guy. you want to jump off no, a bridge no, with no, me? No, 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 <laughs> But did you know the, this before he passed, or is it only until recently that you found out? There's a story in here that I had. Uh, so I had always heard, "Oh, your uncle's in the Guinness Book of World Record," because I was. I would always get the paperback version of the Guinness Book of World Records when it came out. It was just something I was into. So I knew, like, from a very young age that my Uncle Don had jumped off. But my mom says that she actually heard it reported on the radio. And the way she tells it, 1970, I would have been a toddler. But she says she was driving around, and a a news report came on the radio that said, uh, a man has jumped off the Royal Gorge Bridge using a parachute. Uh, did I make that clear? He had a parachute on. Oh, okay, he didn't kill okay. himself. <laughs> he parachuted. I don't, that's a pretty big aspect of the story that I might have left out was yeah. that he parachuted. She, so the story was a man parachuted off the Royal Gorge Bridge and my mom says she thought that sounds like something Don Boyles would do. And then the very next thing the news reporter said was Don Boyles of Tulsa, Oklahoma, was arrested at the bottom of the thing. So, yeah, it, it always <laughs> been a thing I knew. Uh, so I wonder if if they change the rules for the Guinness Book of World Records uh, further. Like, you know, they used to have world's fattest twins. I wonder if it's like, well, that's inherently unhealthy. We don't want somebody trying to be the fattest. But as of a, you know, back when the fattest man in the world was the, the guy in Mexico who lived in Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. They still had that as a record. I was like, I get you don't want to encourage people to parachute off a bridge where it's illegal, but you don't want to encourage people to become 1,600 pounds so they break some kind of record either. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Join us, Guy Entertainment News. Brandon, did did you and your wife watch uh, the 
the tell-all of before the 90 days fiance she did i caught bits and pieces of it i i wanted to ask you what you thought because they they tried to me too big ed during the thing like a bunch of the a bunch of the females that were on this season so before the 90 days is americans are trying to find love with foreigners and, and they go over and meet them and hopefully if things work out they go back to the united states they got 90 days to uh you know, Get proposed marriage. Visa. Yeah, it's the K one visa. Married. So anyway, Big Ed, the do you know what? What do you think they were they were trying to hashtag Me Too Big Ed about? I don't know because it seemed like throughout that whole season, every single episode was him reconciling and then screwing things up again with Rose. Okay, so they were like the the parts that they were objecting to were when he asked her if she would consider shaving her legs because they were really hairy. And when he the toothbrush, the toothbrush and the mouthwash, because he said, sometimes your your breath is not pretty. And it's like, oh, my God, what a monster. He told the lady that he was interested in marrying to shave her legs uh, or that he it wasn't even like he told her. It was like a request. Hey, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but uh, having hairy legs. So they were like. You shouldn't have talked to her like that. That's oppression. I'm like, okay, if that's oppression to tell some chick, hey, I personally prefer it if you'd shave your legs. That doesn't seem like a like a real Me Too moment. But you didn't see that part? No, I didn't catch uh-huh. that. I, I, my, my wife did say that he doesn't come off looking too good in the tell-all, though. But I don't know if yeah, you're but specifically when it, when talking you, about the, that. When they're talking, the things they're talking about is like, Hey, listen, if I was going to settle down with somebody and I really loved them and I had an issue like like they have bad breath, I, I'd feel like that would be an honest conversation you would have to, right? I don't think that's like something you, you keep to yourself for 50 years, right? No, you should be able to talk about it. Now, if you're if you're mean about it, that's a, that's a major you, problem. Yeah, but, but you saw the thing with the toothbrush. And... It was like, I don't think Big Ed thought he was being mean. I what, think... did he try to brush her teeth? No, he get, he said, I have some presents for you. So the first one was like lingerie. Uh-huh. And then the second one was like a toothbrush <laughs> and toothpaste and mouthwash. And she's like, what? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, your, your breath sometimes not pretty. And then... Do you remember what happened, Brandon? I believe she, she had some sort of she like said it was a, because of an infection. Ul- she or? said it's because of an ulcer. An she, ulcer. Said, she said, I do brush my teeth. My breath doesn't smell good because of an ulcer. Oh, what? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it sounds so gross. <laughs> Is that a medical thing? Like if you have an ulcer, it can make your breath smell bad? Is that even a real Well, yeah, thing? An, an ulcer can become infected and, and definitely make you smelly. I mean, I don't think it's oppressive for a guy who who is hoping to marry somebody to to let his preferences. Hey, I you know, would you consider shaving your legs because I find that more attractive? Mm-hmm. I feel. I don't like think that's a hashtag an, moment. I feel know? like we had an "Am I the a hole?" about a a guy telling the girl to shave her legs. Yeah, they were going to a wedding, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't shower that didn't morning, shower. and so that was what she threw back in his face is, you know, why are you expecting me to, to go to all this trouble to shave my legs, but, but you're, you're not, not even willing showering. to hop in the shower? It sounds yeah. like everybody's lazy in that scenario. Pretty much. I think that's what we concluded. <laughs> 
Well, I think there's also a subtext there that when you look at Big Ed, he shouldn't be too particular about anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did lie about uh, he did lie about his height and the fact that he didn't want to have kids. Yeah. Joanna Entertainment News, what do you got for us today on the Hollywood scene? Mm-hmm. Well, the race to be the first show back in production is over, and the winner is The Bold and the Beautiful. They start filming today, and they'll be following all the required COVID-19 safety protocols, and will even have a watchdog on set to make sure of it. There will be regular testing, shorter work days, and smaller amounts of cast on set at one time, and everyone will be wearing masks except the actors who are filming a scene. The long-running soap opera is also taking a very creative approach to its new episodes, which includes having actors actors as partners step in as their love scene doubles to decrease the amount of contact between everyone on set. Wait, what? So if an so actor, whoever you're knocking boots with outside of the show, yes, that's who you're going to be. Going to be they're filming in with? the scene with you. What if your real life partner doesn't look anything like the actress that you're supposed to be playing against? I or don't actor? know the magic of cameras. I don't know how they're going to do that, but that's who's going to be in bed with them if or i don't know how the shows right <laughs> okay it could it. not be a bed i don't know <laughs> i'm not judging showrunners say that they hope to start airing new episodes in early to mid july the 2021 Oscars will go on, just not on February 28th. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced that the 93rd Academy Awards telecast has been postponed by two months to April 25th of 2021. The Oscars have been postponed before, but never this far in advance. Meanwhile, what movies are out? What movies came out that, that would even be eligible? Yeah. The Hunt. <laughs> that never even played in theaters. I mean, Yes, that- it did. I think for a short while. I think the Invisible only movies Man. that I saw in 2020 were Invisible Man. And then Best Animated Movie Onward from Disney. Yeah. What? I don't even remember that. No? Yeah, you do. Hmm. Yeah. Onward, that was the one that had Chris Pratt and um, Tom, Tom uh, Holland. That's Tom the Holland. last movie I saw in theaters. It's the last one I saw, too. Uh, meanwhile, Jimmy Kimmel is returning to host the 2020 Emmys, marking the comedian's third time doing so. The 72nd Emmy Awards will take place Sunday, September 20th on ABC, but no word on where it will take place or even how it will happen. Nominations for the 72nd Emmys, Emmy Awards will be announced on Tuesday, July 28th. And finally, 30 Rock is headed back to TV for at least one night. NBC announced that the stars of the popular series, including Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, Tracy Morgan, Jane Krakowski, and Jack McBrayer, will reunite for a commercial-free one-hour upfront special with a focus on stories and talent featured in NBC Universal's 2020 and 2021 season. The special will air on Thursday, July 16th. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, this kind of reminds me of the, what they used to do in television, which was they would have a special where they kind of introduce you to the new fall lineup. Hmm. And they would have stars of some of their other shows do it. Oh. it, it is that? Do you remember yes. that? Well, I remember variety shows where they kind of did that. Was it like that? No, it was basically like laying out, hey, there's going to be a show about a guy who, who solves crimes he could turn into an animal. Let's see a, let's see a clip of Manimal. <laughs> and then they would show the clip. And I remember there was one at Scott Bayo when he was a teenager, was the host of one. These were, these were an every year thing when I was a kid. And they had another they had another series of them. All three networks would preview their Saturday morning cartoon lineup. Oh, nice. 
So that's what that sounds like this is. Yeah, that's what they're going to be doing. Oh, there was a clip. I thought maybe it was going to be Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin talking, but it's just it's just the theme song. I never watched Thirty Rock. I've heard it's great. I've heard good things too, but so good. The in fact, I've only heard good things about it. The jokes are so good, so tight, and then they call the callbacks are just really amazing. That might be my next big project is to watch Thirty Rock. (laughs) <laughs> Do you like Alec Baldwin as like a comedy actor when he does his comedies? He's he's a funny comedic actor. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I there there are some things that like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. I know that's not a comedy. That is that not <laughs> one of the most amazing scenes ever. Coffee is for closers. I, I think his Trump on Saturday Night Live is pretty good, but look, I'm I, I, I'm tuning in just because of the. To see what's consistent be positive up. reviews of Thirty Rock, I okay. feel like I probably maybe that know, should be the show you two watch since it's always sunny has you. caused such a rift no, in your relationship. No, it's always sunny is finally good in our relationship. We're finally fine. Yeah, but Buzz needs a little help with that. Yeah, I'm not totally on board with uh, Thirty uh, for uh, what's it called? Sunny Philadelphia Rock. Sunny. It made you laugh yesterday. It made you cry. You it, said you got emotional. Well. Th- Okay, <laughs> that doesn't mean I like the series. I still don't think it's a. I, I still don't like it. But they, they had, he showed me an episode and thirty. Uh, not thirty. The it's sunny, sunny movie. Sunny. The sunny thing, right? Sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> is real low budget, and it seems like nobody's really putting a lot of effort into the acting or the writing. <laughs> I feel like the jokes are lazy. But then they did this scene where it was like a dance routine yeah, with where, one of the main characters, where Mac finds his pride. And I've like I I've never truly been moved by the the art of dance, you know what I mean? I I, uh-huh. I've, I know what ballet is, and I saw Black Swan, and, but I've never been like I've never I, been I, touched I, emotionally. I, I never really connected with the this scene in in this episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was emotionally impactful to me. I was like, oh that that that's stirring something inside me. That's a, that's the most beautiful dance scene I had ever seen, and it's in this. Stupid lowbrow comedy. <laughs> that doesn't mean I yeah, give a blanket endorsement to the show. Nico still hasn't given us his notes on when you watch these. Episodes. I, well, I have I have detailed notes of each episode that we watched. That'll be great to hear yeah. when we come back from this break. Yeah. No, you got time. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. He's got two minutes, right? John? No, move we on. Give, we need to give him a full list of his <laughs> always sunny episodes to watch. Yeah, we, we'll put together a good list for everybody, but. And the one I was laughing at, let's just say, I wasn't thinking straight during that one, and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, this is the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show. It's the local hour also where we get to talk about some local stuff. And I, mark this down, I think this is a red-letter day. It's the first time that we've had a guest in the studio since the... The pandemic shut down. So since late April, early March, I don't remember when the last time was, but like all the guests, if you've noticed, have been on the phone. And uh, my friend Chandra, who uh, Wet and Wild Waterworld is her park. So uh, she came in the studio today. So that's a that's a big step forward. Uh, so thank you, Chandra, for coming in. 
Well, I heard you had installed HEPA filters everywhere. So. <laughs> the hell are HEPA filters? Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. What, what's, what, is, what is that? So Brad didn't wasn't being... I don't know what a HEPA... Well, they, I don't even know what it means. They filter out the air. Oh, no, I think that's a lie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is anybody... I, I was on vacation maybe, last week, maybe Chandra. Maybe I will put my mask on. Get, get, just a little closer to the microphone, if you don't okay. mind. Okay. No, I was on vacation. If they put in some hippo filters while I was gone, <laughs> they did it without my knowledge. Uh, so Wet n' Wild uh, is open now, right? How long has it been open? Since June 4th, which was... Several days after it was able to open. Okay. But um, we wanted to be sure we had all of our mm-hmm. COVID-19 precautions in place. Okay. So that, yeah, we could we could be safe. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let everybody know. And um, you, you've got like a uh, limited capacity type of deal going on, I guess. Yeah. Or no. Or like oh, yeah, as many yeah. people could come in as they want to. <laughs> it's like, just come on in. All 13,500 people can come in. <laughs> No, we have yeah, extremely limited. Um, Do, uh, would it would it help you if I implied, not said, but implied that chlorine kills coronavirus? Well, it does. In fact, it does. Wow! You don't have to imply it. You can say it. Okay. However, we do not recommend spraying it in your lungs or anything like that. It's just in the water. Yeah. In other words, it won't transmit through the water. <laughs> that sounds like a responsible thing to say. Just go out and drink a bunch of pool water. <laughs> We've got to get it inside the lung somehow, inside the body, if it kills uh, coronavirus, right? Um, it's best probably just to let the... Are all of your rides the chlorinated? all viruses in the water. Yes, every single... Okay. Every single ride is, is chlorinated. chlorinated, and the water is filtered. Man, it's it's been getting hot, and I can imagine people are just dying to get back in the water. Uh, yes, we've had... Uh, the people who have been coming out, they have been extremely grateful to be able to cool off, you know, in the hot... I so, think the so day what? We opened, it was in the hundreds. Yeah. So, what what percentage of capacity are you reopening at, or uh, have you reopened at? So, we reopened. We put a twenty five percent, but we've been running like weekdays, especially. We're way below that. So we're we're at. I mean, literally, the park is yours if you come out. I mean, it's what on a weekday? On a weekday, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a bit more on the weekends, but again, it's nothing like people. But who not come close out to the twenty percent. Like, people aren't coming out in the amount? Do you ever have to tell somebody to wait, or do people have to get reservations, or do you just head out and it's like, hey, it, so, you, could, you could get right in? Uh, especially for the weekends, it is better to reserve online. We redid the, completely the way we do things because, again, we wanted touchless entry, which means you can get online, uh, reserve your, pay for your admission, get a picnic table with your grill and your tubes and everything, all in the same transaction so when you come up to the front it's even parking is included so you just kind of show your phone or your ticket to the parking guy and they just let you in and you just just let you in you You don't have to handle a ticket or money no tickets we're not issuing armbands we're uh we're uh telling you about things not to bring in your coolers like the glass and the and the charcoal grills all that but we're not wait i thought you could bring no no you have charcoal we have charcoal grills you can bring propane grills Oh, you can bring a propane grill. You can girl. bring a propane okay. girl, yeah. And that's the way yeah. it's always been? That's always the way it's been, Oh, uh, yeah. okay. But now, you know, sometimes people will try and sneak in their little, you know, tiny charcoal grill, and so we... That's a no-go? We, that's a no-go. No, you uh, Because of fire concerns, Well, and, and hot char- hot charcoal at the end of the day, you know. What 
What do you do with your hot coals? At Pour the them in a line and do this thing where you walk across them real fast. Right. It's supposed to be like a in spiritual feet, thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Is that a thing that <laughs> people do? The, not at Wet not Wild. At your, not at Wet Wild. No. Right. I got it. Have you ever done that? I've never done that, no. 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 Chandra is one of my most interesting friends, Nico. Really? Like, yeah, I've known Chandra for, for a while. Yeah. How, how long have you... Did you... Did you? How long have you owned Wet n' Wild? So my dad started it in 1979. Wow. Your dad yeah. started it? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So this has yeah. been the family business. Is, yep. Okay. And then you got into the family business how many years ago? Uh, well, I guess it depends on what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, was which picking business? up rocks in the parking lot when I was 11. So. Uh, okay. And then I, you thought know, you, I worked there okay. in high school. I thought college. you were in the cult. Yeah. <laughs> so... My God, Buzz! <laughs> no, I told you she's like uh, <laughs> most interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I get, I get that cult, cult. cult might sound a little pejorative, but yes. it's a, it's a very interesting aspect, and it just happened to align with. I did a report about this group that I guess Chandra was involved in, or your family was. That was like my report for my senior year of of uh, my journalism class. Really? Yeah. It, it, it was like a okay so you know that in the 60s a lot of people got into esoteric eastern religions the Beatles went over yes you know yes. and uh, were with the Maharishi, Maharishi. Yogi. that was the so, guy so yeah like, a lot of people uh, did it so it's it'd probably be wrong to uh, as a blanket classification of a cult mm-hmm. but my my impression of the thing that was in was it Oregon or Washington State? It was the Pacific Northwest. So you're mixing definitely up your a cult. cult. Yeah, you're mixing. <laughs> you're mixing up your cult. Well, which was the one you were in? Well, both. <laughs> <laughs> That's very so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up yeah, the Beatles guy, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Yeah, and there's still a center in um, Fairfield, Iowa. Okay. Transcendental meditation. Now, are you oh, a? Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that like, do you have to become Hindu to get in that stuff or no. Buddhist? No. No. It's, yeah. it's, so it's, it's, it, so it's the Western, Western Indian spirituality, I guess. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, you know, it got I told you this stuff is fascinating, like, right? Is it related yeah. to Hare Krishna? Listen, let me just get this out that's of the way. Another one that if you want to go out to a water <laughs> park, wet, <laughs> wet and Wild is open. Yes, Wet and Wild that, is that's open. That's the main right thing. Now. now I want to focus on the cult stuff. <laughs> okay, Wet and Wild is open, and we have an amazing new ride. Okay, all right, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, that if you promise that I can get back to the Bagwan Tree Rajneeshi <laughs> stuff, okay? Yeah, you promise? I, I, My God, bud. <laughs> he did warn me. <laughs> <laughs> right, I didn't just spring this on, out of the blue on you, right? She's married to an English dude who's got an English accent and we sit there and talk about Britain stuff all the time. I love Well, that's her not husband. crazy. <laughs> but it's, no, it's is, unusual and unique. Crazy. No, no, no. I know the that's Beatles, not crazy. The Beatles were into my Oh, absolutely. No, no. I, 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 okay. on my, In my family, nobody... With, nobody went to study with the with the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Well, you know that to me, that's a really exotic thing for somebody to grow up. Dad start a water park? No, no. There are so many. The fact that you grew up with that's your dad owning a water park, I'm convinced that's why he started a water park. That for most people would be the most interesting thing about <laughs> them, but for you, it doesn't even crack the top ten, Chandra. <laughs> like, oh, you grew up owning a water park. Yeah, that does. That's not even on the top ten of the most interesting things about you. It's well, just like a, a lot of you're interesting an interesting person. Hey, so that new ride, 
Yeah, tell us about that new ride. Wait, Which wait, wait, wait. Super interesting. Talk about the new ride, then we come back and we talk about all the other cool stuff about you. Okay? Fair? What's the new ride? Okay, so the new ride yeah. is the Condor Secret. The Condor Secret. That sounds like there's an aerial component to it somehow. It sounds like maybe you jump yes. off a gigantic ledge yeah. and it's like, oh, I'm not a condor. I can't fly, but fortunately there's water there. Is that well, what it is? Freddy the Frog waiting for you. Oh. Is it yes. like some kind of rappel ride or something? I'm just trying it's to imagine your, what it is. You're in a raft with your two or three closest mem- members that you're quarantining with. Uh-huh. Let's okay. put it that way. And, uh, yeah. So or your you... cult. Two of your closest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we weren't supposed to go there. No, not yet. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's a raft ride then. It's a raft ride, yes. And so as you go along, you know, you're, you're soaring through the skies, admiring oh, it's the high clouds up. above. Yeah, it's high up. And then you Is there a big splash? enter into a tunnel and you've got a massive drop. Ooh. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you're coming out of the dark and next thing you know, you're, you're swooping down out of the sky like a condor. When did you break ground on this? When did we break ground? Um, uh, earlier this year? January. Yeah. January this year. Yeah. I mean, okay. the, the, the media groundbreaking. We actually broke ground, you know, the day after we closed last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, started clearing So it's a major up. project. Oh, yeah, yeah. Major project. Yeah. Is it the biggest project you've ever had there? What's like yes. the biggest? Pro- this is it, huh? Yeah. I mean, the, the last slide we put in, um, also Raft Ride, Jaguar Falls, that was maybe just more involved because we also built the tower. We uh. built the conveyor belt for all the rafts we built the swinging suspension bridge so all of that you know is also like kind of like infrastructure for being able to add new rides and so this ride is a result of that but it's the biggest one in terms of the biggest drop the I mean, yeah. I, so it's for thrill seekers. Do you have a nervous. zone? Do you have a, is there a zone like at the bottom where there's like splash people can stand around and get splashed if they want to is that part of the ride? I'm, no, I mean it's we it, it's it's the kind of attraction where like you have to keep very cl- everybody clear. Oh, yeah, it's one oh, okay. at a time. Like there's no messing around with this one. I mean, once you're launched, I mean there's the radio communication between the lifeguards to okay. make sure that you know everybody's safety's job clear. one. Yeah, yeah because okay. this ride it's it's not like you know one of the tube rides where it's like okay you know every 15, 20 seconds somebody goes down and yeah. Oh, it's it not one a, of those. No, it's a oh, okay. It's a, Big this is a big boy ride. This big. one. Yeah. Did yeah. you go to Wet n Wild when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Joanna, did you go to Wet n Wild much when you were a kid? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Birthday okay. parties. That's where all my friends had birthday parties. It seemed like it was every single If summer. I were going to guess, so it opened in 1979. Like, what are, if there are any original attractions that are there, let me give you my three guesses. Okay. Like, when, when it opened in 1979, Lazy River? No, because it's so was, central. It seems like that, that would have been kind of what you built everything around. No, that was 1986. That was when we closed the RV park that used to be there, oh. the KOA campground. You you have memories of all this because you yeah, would work there. Yeah, in the yeah. summer. I, I was 11 years old when when my dad started the park. So, Sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. It was. It was. That's yeah, awesome. it was great. Uh, yeah. The kids ride with the little slides. The kiddie pool. That probably was original part of the. Park. Um, no, like the first, the what was first the, what, two slides. What, what were the rides when it first opened? The Blue Streak and the Corkscrew, and they were mat rides. I mean, they still are. They still are mat rides. Wait, so those are still there. They're still there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have survived the test of time. And those are the those. The, well, those are pretty good rides. I would not have thought of them being like some of the very first ones. 
Yeah, yeah. No, when did the wave sure. pool go in? Because that is a nice big wave. I mean, it's as big as any other wave pool I, I've I ever been to. I would stay the huge. entire time in the wave pool. I wouldn't even go on any other ride. That's just the one I like. I just like waves. Well, that becomes yeah. your favorite thing if, as an adult if you decide, all right, I'm going to get in a water ride. You know, what's my speed as a, like a 35-year-old? You go, uh, wave pool. The wave pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like minimum effort on my part. Yeah, <laughs> Just let the wave do all the things. When did that go in? Like uh, that circa... was 1995, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it seems to me like the wave pool has always been there in my uh, mind. Yeah, it. We just grew every year a little bit. Added another attraction and closed the RV park. Added the that that whole section of the park. That's kind of like. It's funny, it's no longer an RV park, but now it's surrounded by RV yes. sales places, kind of, yes, right? Yes, yes, it's really kind of weird. Okay, so uh, Wet n' Wild opened, by the way, during the 12 o'clock hour on KLAQ, Veronica's giving away four packs of tickets, mm-hmm. so if you want to win those, uh, win the four pack. Oh, so, a uh, question, do, will people have to wear masks on the way in, or anything? Oh, oh, show him the, uh, show him yes. the masks. So These are have- waterproof disposable mask, but you can wear them. And we have the cameras on the, the live stream, so if you want to see Chandra putting on the mask, you'll see. So you can. It looks like you've got it on inside out. Uh, no. Because <laughs> there's a seam know. on the outside. Right. Okay. Well, that's to, you know, repel so that the water splits over here. Oh, all I'm, right. I'm kind of kidding, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was good BS. That was really good BS. No, it's, um, they are, they're, they're water, very water resistant. If you put water in them, they don't go through, so they pass the, the spray test. So, but basically you're not really supposed to wear them in the water. It's so that in between the attractions when you're walking Okay, around, so you get on the attraction and then what do you, what do, you do? Leave the mask around your neck? Exactly. Or do you need to pocket it somehow? You can leave it around your neck. Okay, That's well, the nice thing. It sounds about like it's going to get wet anyway, right? Yeah. But when it's <laughs> actually, when it's wet, then it's kind of nice because you put it on and it's like air conditioning. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and and like, how's that going to work? Everybody's uh, given one when they enter the park, or right, can they exactly. go back and get multiple, or is it yeah, like a one time? Like everybody they, gets one. Everybody gets one when they come in. But if somebody came up and said, hey, I ripped mine, yeah, you wouldn't then, have a problem. No, no. Yeah. Like what? Five yeah. bucks, 10 bucks? For, for an extra? Um, well, right now they're free. Oh. Yeah, I know. Think about you know, <laughs> For now. Somebody, yeah, that's a little bit of an issue because it's like, yeah, they're, you know, they're they're specially made and um, so we, it, we'd appreciate it if people would appreciate the mask. And <laughs> to, no, that's great. Though. Do you ask but, them to, to give it back at the end of the day? No, no, no. No, no, they're like, you know. See, I don't think you're monetizing glasses. this. You're right. The movie <laughs> no, glass people, movie think glasses. of that racket they've got going. If you're going to see a 3D movie, they make you use their glasses. And then give it back You to can't them. bring your own glasses. And they also make you give them back at the end. And then if you're like, oh, I'm going to keep these. Next time I go to a, a 3D movie, I'll already have my glasses. Now, as, when you buy your ticket, you got to buy the thing. You should make it that. They got to give it back at the end of the day, right, well, and then you recycle it, make them. We'll buy start it all selling over. them, and we'll give you a. Percentage. But you're not selling them at all. <laughs> no, this is just no. all part of the service. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. This is just to, to make sure that everybody is absolutely comfortable coming in to the park, and that we can essentially make sure that whenever people are within six feet of somebody that you know is not part of their household, that they've got the mask as as protection for both. Okay, so both you got the tables yeah. maybe scattered out a little more. Oh yeah, the normal. No, they're I, definitely I, like it's, yeah. No, they're they're in groups of for max five or max ten, and you reserve those online as well. And when you come in, basically you're escorted to your table. You're given a fresh tablecloth, and so there's oh tablecloth. Yeah, Wet and Wild is getting fancy. very fancy now. <laughs> 
tablecloths. Yes. You know, yes. uh, from my EMT days, I remember I had a bunch of friends who worked uh, at Wet n Wild. As oh, yeah. EMTs. So will there still be there? Uh, medical professionals, first aid? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, in fact, um, one of their jobs now in the morning is to screen all the employees when they come in. Oh, cool. And yeah, just make sure. Do you have any openings? Um. <laughs> Are you hiring for this season? I think you may be Depends. a little late. <laughs> All right. Well, well just you, know, you never know. Okay, so for this weekend, you're saying that twenty uh, percent capacity. Have but you haven't hit twenty percent yet, or? I think we will get. Um, I think this weekend we will. Okay, so yeah. people should probably yeah. reserve on. That, yeah. Do you? Yeah, ha- just, is it required? It like I mean, if somebody just wanted to roll the dice, I'm going to go out and see if the, I could get into Wet and Wild. Could you could. That? Yeah, you could do you that. Could, like I said, especially on the weekdays. But who wants to drive all the way from exactly, the other side of town right. and then find out, oh, they, right. they've got too many people and i got to wait in line. Just go online and reserve ahead of time. <laughs> exactly. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's much, right. much easier. And so, then you're guaranteed. You know. Like if you've either um, reserved a table or your admission, then either way, you'll... So can we, can we come back and talk about your interest in life? <laughs> Chandra and her husband Robert are some of the few people that I that I actually socialize with, and I don't even do that very often. That very it's true. like once yeah. a year, but if I could count on one hand the number of people that I see socially, yeah, I have a lot of friends. And Chandra and Robert yeah. are some of them. We are right. I do not have a lot of friends. friends. No, you're my strangest friend. Not strange in a bad way, though. Strange in an remarkable. Interesting way. Most remarkable. interesting is yeah. what I think he meant. Yeah. All Probably right. yes. I've seen your brother lately. Where's your brother? Oh well, he's you know out there today making the last. Oh, so he's still he's still he's still a part of the party. I have. It's been so long since I've seen Conan that her brother's name is Conan. Uh, I didn't. I thought, oh, maybe he's not part of the park anymore. But oh no no yeah he's definitely oh Uh, yeah 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 no I mean he he's an amazing person. I mean I don't even know how I could. I don't know as much stuff about him as I know about you. (laughs) Is he equally interesting? I will say he's a very private person. Uh, uh, Let's talk about him then. That would drive him crazy. (laughs) All right, uh, let's take a break. He's an he's a super nice guy. I just hadn't seen him around lately. Oh, because he's been building this new ride and making it perfect. That's been taking up all his time. Oh yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Well, well, the Condor, the Condor's the Condor's secret. The Condor's secret. Yes, the biggest, baddest, wildest, wettest attraction we've put in in our history. Oh, it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Has Brandon been in for all this? I, I just hadn't heard from Brandon for a long time. Brandon, right you still here. I wasn't going to interrupt. Oh. Don't you find all this stuff interesting? Remember that neckline call where the guy was like, Brandon doesn't interrupt when he does an interview. <laughs> I'm not interrupting. So. I'm, I'm trying to get the information out there. The water park is open. There you go. Hey, you know what, Sean? Tell us. <laughs> What? We were just talking about it off air. It was funny. <laughs> about Buzz interrupting? About Buzz interrupting, yeah. <laughs> this is how I talk to you all the time, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also totally people normal. think that you're, you, that you've, you've got good game right now, that you're trying to hit on her. That I'm hitting on Chandra? Yeah. No. No, I'm not hitting on Chandra. Sounds just, like good game, though, apparently. Well, I'll keep that in mind the next time <laughs> I want to hit on somebody, but that's not what's going on now. 
Uh, it was written by John Lennon. We we were having a discussion about this. Uh, so the Beatles really got into transcendental meditation in the '60s, right? And they went over and they studied under mm-hmm. um, the Maharishi, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Yep. And uh, a lot of their songs kind of took on this, you know, Eastern esoteric type of. And we were we were talking about the song Across the Universe, and that's uh, written by John and sung by John. All right, so. but I was thinking of My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. Right, right. Okay, so I just found out today, you it's not like you were born into esoteric religion. This is something you kind of got into, or or you were. Your parents did some TM? Yeah, in, when I was like eight or nine years old, they, yeah. They yeah, became, yeah. They, well, you know, we had the eight track of the Beatles, and my mom was really into that, and so uh-huh. I guess one thing led to another, and... She also had a lot of people up. did. I mean, this yeah. wasn't an uncommon thing. And, mm-hmm. and look, there's pro- there's a lot of good. Yeah, it was everybody a, should meditate. It was a huge, you know, even yeah. if it's just like you know, be quiet with your thoughts for a while, right? Or without your thoughts, even but better. How did you end up as a an adherent of the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh? So yeah. my mother's Swiss and my grandparents are Swiss. Were Swiss. Um, so I went there after college because I didn't know what. Switzerland? To do with my life. Switzerland, yeah. And that's where I met a guy who was... Um, a, oh, you got honey... They themselves sannyasins. You got honey trapped into it. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, wait. You met a, a Swiss guy? Yeah, he was he was a, a French Swiss. Okay. And, Gilbert Felly. Oh. Right, because there's, there's French or German. There are different parts of Switzerland. And Italian. Oh, yeah, that's right. I guess, is that right? Yes. Okay. And Roman. So you met a guy, and what did you say he was? A what? Sannyasin. What's that? Basically, it's a it's a term. Somebody who dedicates their life to spiritual pursuits. Who you know? Oh, want to arrive that now that is game right there. I mean, as far as chicks go. Just since you guys were talking, I'm not spitting game. But if I was like, I've devoted my life to the esoteric. <laughs> Travels of the mind. That is game. Yeah. But he also rode an Enfield motorcycle, you know. Oh, man. Place, so. I love this guy. Yeah, that's all you needed. I would have followed this guy to India. Did you go to India? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was there five months the first time and nine months the second time. Are you still Are you still into it? Uh, still into meditation. meditation? Not the yeah. guy. the The meditation meditation yeah 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 well the thing about the rajneeshi is the essential thing about it all what's that the meditation the meditation yeah yeah, okay but the rajneeshi thing so i wrote like a journalism you had to pick out a topic in the news and i was like looking for an interesting topic in a newsweek magazine it was Mm -hmm. like oh these they're saying these these cult people are taking over this town in oregon or washington this is while you were at a baptist college right no this when i was a public high school oh okay so I was like a senior in high school, but it was for journalism class. But I anyway, I re, I over researched it because I really got into it, and this was like 1986. So this was like no internet whatsoever. I had to go look all this stuff up, and I devoured everything I could about the Rajneeshis. So uh, the Bhagwan, what does Bhagwan mean? I think it's master, like master, Rin- not something like like the great. Rinpoche or something. Yeah, yeah. So this guy came over. He had followers, you know, and what they did was they bought up some property in this sparsely populated part of either Washington or 
Oh, it was Oregon. Oh, it was yeah. Oregon. Oh, is this the same group as that Netflix documentary? Yes. Oh, yeah, my wild, God, wild, 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 wild country. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> what did you say, Brandon? Wild, wild country is the name. Wild, of the wild country. country. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. I saw that. I didn't see that, but I was aware that it was out there. I know all this from my stupid high school re- report. Oh, Brandon's from Oregon. Do you know about this, Brandon? Uh, mainly from the documentary. I was too young to really know any of the stuff going on. But you live there. You must know all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So five. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they... the strategy was they were going to have a voting majority. So they moved so many people who followed the Bhagwan that they could vote for whoever in official. And the locals were pretty pissed, except for the locals who got into it. Because yeah. apparently that was part of it as well. Well, but they also built a property on the next to the town. They kind of like. Rolls Royces, dude. In, Rolls yes, no. Royces. That was his signature. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they would also was- go hit up other towns and they would ship in homeless people. Oh, that's right. And they oh. would give them jobs in homes and that's how they were able to get the majority for, for voting. Vote. Yeah. At one point, yes. But, but you weren't so a part of this whole Oregon thing. This was something totally no. different and, and also many years after it? Yes, or, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, when did when did you find out like they kind of tried to take over a county in Oregon and yeah. And did, I'm fit did, by vid, I guess. I mean, you know, the the like, because well, he had been through all of that. Mm-hmm. He'd been through. They, they called it Puno One. Oh, the guy you met Oregon. in yeah, Switzerland. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah oh, he had wow. gotten into it when when he was in his twenties, I think. He was oh. an interesting guy. He he wanted to taste um, true Ohio hunger. Alaska. Oh. No, true, true hunger. hunger. Okay. So wanted, <laughs> I think she well, was saying something a lot deeper a, than that. He went on yeah. a completely no water, no food, something fast. Really? For 20 days, yeah. 20 days? Yeah, this is before he got into those things. Into into um, Osho, which was what he was later called. But into Bhagwan Rajneesh. Before he got into all that, he did a... a a true hunger fast or something like that. And what was yeah. that connected with? Just something from just, his own mind? Yeah, or, he or was... He, he admired somebody who... He had business and he just kind of was like, a, you know, like he'd, he'd built up a successful painting business and then... You know, 20 days without food and water, I think yeah. your body starts devouring your own organs. Like, I think it's really unhealthy. Uh, intermittent fasting is supposed to be good for you. Sure, yeah. intermittent, but 20 not days 20 straight... Days. Yeah, is it well, probably not great? He was, he was young; <laughs> he could handle it. But this is about a, a when table. you broke up. Was it very peaceful? Um, <laughs> actually, no. He he was a very peaceful guy. I mean, he he was very understanding. But you know, I wonder what's we the craziest religion thing I would fake for a for a hot girl. You almost converted to Judaism. Dude. Well, I wouldn't put Judaism in like a zany. I mean, no, I'm but you converting to, to it is crazy. That that's a, but I'm saying that that's a pretty big leap for like you having zero faith in it for a woman. <laughs> I know. And the thing is, you're supposed to tell the rabbi you really believe it. It's like I wanted to tell him, look, I don't believe your crap, and I don't believe <laughs> my crap, but I really like this girl. So come on, can you do me a favor? <laughs> I admire you, your people, <laughs> but I don't believe that is not good game. That is. That well, is. I didn't say it to her. I said it to the rabbi. <laughs> and I didn't actually say it to the rabbi. It's how I imagined the conversation would go with the rabbi because it never got to that point. Like I wanted to do it, and then she basically said, "You know what? Hold off on that because it, like, I it's still." I'd rather marry somebody who was raised Jewish. And I was like, I was going to convert to a religion I don't even believe in for you. And she, she was like, yeah, I was, you know, 
Yeah, I don't like you that much. <laughs> yeah, so we broke up. <laughs> I don't like you that. No, I think she really liked me. I think it, it was a big part of her, you know, mm-hmm. life, and that's mm-hmm. what she wanted. I, you know, I had to accept it. What else could I do, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man, now you've turned the tables on me, Chandra. <laughs> I know without saying anything. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't have to talk. You could have just done it. You did it all for her. Talent. All right. So I, I, I've learned the a lot here. I thought you, you, I thought you were up in Oregon at the thing with the orange clothes, the Rolls Royces, and the sex stuff. <laughs> well, the sex stuff is still around. But well, what does Rolls that Royces. mean? Like, what was the teaching of the Bagwan as far as sex goes? He said you should explore everything and just get it out of your system. Oh sex God. is good. Okay. Sex is good. Okay. So it was a very, very encouraging of sexual exploration, especially with him. Especially that time when you wait. Was it especially like with him or with? No, 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 no. He was not. There were never any rumors about him or any anything like that. No, I mean he was like I'm beyond all that because I've already done it all, and that was the goal. You were supposed to go beyond it. It wasn't to like revel in it, or it was like don't make it a big deal. You weren't supposed. This wasn't supposed to be the end goal. No, this exactly. was supposed to be a step along the way. Right. The it was like, goal. there's so much repression around the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it I knew just... the thing about that he would always have these Rolls Royces, brand new Rolls Royces. Let her too. finish talking. <sighs> <sighs> okay, I'm sorry. This is how you turn things on yourself, is you don't shut up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rolls Royces is the same thing. It was like, get beyond it. Like, okay. But well. he still did the Rolls Royces, Yeah, though. yeah. Yeah, no, that that was from that the made perspective me... of, you know, somebody who was involved with somebody who'd been through it all. It was all about getting into Americans' faces with it. Oh. Because hmm. it was like, yeah, what do Americans really, you know, what's their thing? Like, their materialism. thing is sex so much. It's money, right? Yeah. It's like making money, materialism. So it's like, okay, well, I... we'll, just, we'll just keep buying Rolls Royces and that'll... I would have hate to have been the one to break people. it to the Bhagwan, but if anything, it was kind of a turnoff because it's like all this spiritual attainment and stuff, but you're driving a Rolls Royce. It just looks like those TV preachers who have a private jet. I mean, that's what it reminded me of. Right, but he had his own style. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to defend him. I mean, is it still a thing? Are, st- are people still followers of the yeah. Bhagwan? Yeah, there's the the in India again. The, there's the original. The original ashram, which then he left India, ended up going back, and that's still going on, okay. as far as I know. Yeah, and that's where I ended up visiting when I um, went back with my boyfriend okay. to India. I visited there for a little while, and then and then we hit the road in search of more adventures. <laughs> Drugs, you mean? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That sounds very cool. Well. No, but better, better spiritual juice. Mm-hmm. Another, you know, he was gone by that time. By the time I got into it, Osho and you was, stayed had in it, left even, his body. Osho, the, oh, well, that's he the bad one. Himself. He was, you know, he was he, he rebranded rebranded himself. I guess would be the way to, to say it. So, I if I had heard anything about um, Bhagwan Rajneesh, like I would not necessarily have connected it to Osho. Oh, okay, right. So he was he was very good at, at branding, rebranding. Wait, did you get into it when Osho was still alive? No, he had already... He passed away. Yeah. And, oh, wait, you didn't say passed away. That. You said... Left his body. Left oh. his body. Yes. To the next plane. See, that sounds real culty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it does? No, it sounds spiritual. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
It's Listen, yeah. I had a very limited view of spirituality when I was a kid. There was one way to do it and yeah. all the other ways. There were was wrong. one guy. <laughs> right. That was the way I was brought up. So it's probably no wonder that at some point I was like Would you say, Buzz, that you know, in retrospect, that kind of sounds like BS. <laughs> right? <laughs> Buzz, that there's one way to do it. So you were a Baptist growing up, right? Yeah. Your family. Would I you mean, say that that is like the most um, extreme of the Christian, like Baptists are like some no, of those? No, not even close. Oh, okay. No. I had a feeling that they were. I mean, but it was, it, to me, it, it seems like the most mainstream thing just because that's that's all I knew growing up. Like when I found out there were other kids who's who weren't told on a constant basis that they were going to hell if they stepped out of line or if they <laughs> if they quit going to church or whatever, that that seemed weird to me that they didn't grow up that way. No, there are way more extreme versions of Christianity than Baptist. All right, just wondering. What were you? Episcopalian. Oh yeah, that's that's that. No, we were way more extreme than that. <laughs> of course. Well, I went to an Episcopalian church too. Yeah, yeah. You could go into an Episcopalian church and not even really feel like you were in school in in church. No, our our like preacher it. was a woman. I was like, oh, this is different. Uh, what should I pursue, do you think? Like if I wanted to, maybe I'm missing some kind of spiritual aspect in my life. What would you recommend for me? Uh, it might be too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like for me specifically or just for anybody my age? It sounded well, specific. For you, but no, I, I, I kid. Oh, um, okay. Yes, yes. Um, you know, like I say, uh, for me, th- that was always the thing was... When I was nine years old, you know, I got a, a meditation um, mantra, and I mean, it did nothing for me. I would walk around in circles because, for kids, you were supposed to walk around in circles around the room, and you were supposed to, you know, have this concentrate on this word in your head. And I mean, at that time, it was just like this is boring. This is like really weird. Like none of my friends. But you were do being this. encouraged to do it by your. By your parents. Yeah, yeah. Who thought that this was a valuable thing. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they were right, looking back on it, that it was a valuable thing? Yeah, yeah, Because, Um, like I said, later when I got really miserable in life and, you know, just had nothing but, uh, you know, I I was just a miserable 20-something old and, (laughs) you know, I don't know. Like what, existential angst of some kind? uh, You know, just like the usual kind of... um, uh, you know, didn't feel good about myself, was worried about this, that, and the other, and just constant... You were looking for meaning. Did you have... Uh, yeah, that be I right? Guess, yeah, I guess I think that okay. probably was part of it. And I was... That's know. called a, a nui, right? No, no, no. That's ennui. No, I was like... Oh. I was more miserable than that. <laughs> more miserable than ennui? <laughs> ennui is like kind of like, oh, the... you're just sort of done with life. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. boring. And, oh, no, you know. the, it's a joke because one time he was talking in, to me... Nico was, uh-huh. and he was like, "Have you ever heard of the French term Inui?" <laughs> and I stop and I look at him like he's the dumbest person in the world. Yeah, because he's the type of person that uses small words to make fun of somebody else. So, small so words. I make him repeat it. What did you say, Inui? And I go, "Do you mean Ennui?" Yeah, <laughs> that. That's what I meant. That's hysterically funny. Well. I guess I'm dumb. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but he does that a lot. He's, he's like, I want to tell you about this concept. And then he totally butchers it. And I tell him what it's really about. Right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> See how we're learning a lot about you now, Buzz? I floated the idea of starting doing. a cult, like my own cult, <laughs> past uh, Nico. Yeah. I figure you only need to get a core 
of really convincing people about like, like three people three or four or five and then everybody is like you're you're downstream almost like a pyramid scheme once you got that core you can convince a lot of people that's like all oh, these people believe it there must be something to it and then you're on the road to rolls royces and riches right <laughs> well but that's the thing like you gotta have the juice yeah you gotta, you gotta have, have the juice. juice and that's well, what I, he did have i'll he come up with juice. something i'll come up with the juice later on down the road <laughs> i just gotta rope in the you know the followers and then it's just you know i'm on top of the pyramid what do you think your juice is really going to be uh, you know I, cranberry no 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 i know what you're talking about there's got to be some kind of like spiritual yeah you got to component you got to feel something that you don't feel in ordinary life yeah but i'm saying from the leader that thing is one of the least important co- components oh you think the followers make that up for themselves like they they create their no, own I mean, meaning. You've definitely got to have something that's gonna that's gonna attract the fish, for sure. You've got to use some kind of bait, for sure. You know, so it's like spiritual enlightenment. I don't know. I mean, it, it depends. Dep- it, like there, there was a guy in in India who he did nothing but sit, and he would occasionally say a few words, and he. And that was it. That was life for him. That, that was that his was, thing. And people, you know, more and more, you know, a few people like were like, "Wow, this guy's got a real silence," and you know, just. <laughs> Um, God, that's a good gimmick. But it, I feel like it's already been done. It's like and my gimmick is no gimmick, but it sounds like what you're describing is he's already done that gimmick. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think he, I think he had that his, you know, enlightenment experience when he was 16, and then he went up to some caves and sat there for years, and then he just kept sitting in the silence and the. I well, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to live no, in a cave. I, I want to get rich. I'm not saying I'm sincere about it. You want to be it. a false prophet. You want to be just somebody that makes it all up. You know, you're only a false prophet to people who don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, Chandra. What was the whole point? Oh, yeah. Wet n' Wild's open. Wet n' Wild is not uh, affiliated with the Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh uh, <laughs> consciousness, not, not uh, associated with the Krishna consciousness movement or any other religion. No, as I say, Everybody's the only thing welcome. I have from all of those years is meditation, which helps a lot in Having I would be open to that in a non-cynical way. Every single day in the heat of the summer. What's that? It's it's a great thing to have that you know inner peace when you've got lots of people coming out every day and they want to enjoy the park with yeah. their families oh, okay. and you got to stay right. centered and make sure that everybody that has beautiful. a fantastic that time. That's beautiful. All right. Uh, thank you, Chandra. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Uh, go to Wet n Wild if yeah. you if you feel comfortable. Doing and that. to see the new ride, the Condor's Secret. The yes. Condor's Secret. You know what the secret is? What? No actual condors. <laughs> right? But you feel like one. Yeah. Got you. All right. Thanks, Chandra. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Do you guys want to hear Nico go over his notes that he kept copious amounts of while we were doing, while we were watching, uh, what's that show called? Uh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Sunny in Philadelphia. Don't act like you don't know it. <laughs> I can't. I no. It moved I, you. Just admit it. He did. That he, one scene in that one episode was moving, but I don't think the <laughs> the main goal of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is to be a, like moving artistic expression. It was just like so out of place and looked so... It, it, it was like this choreographed dancing that must have taken months mm-hmm. to perfect for a show where all the actors seem like they're really half-assing their, their lines. Uh, I was just very surprised that that was the turn it took. But why do you say the, 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 it always seems like they're 
passing their lines. I, I don't know. It just seems like they're not. It, it, the acting seems subpar. Like it I, doesn't seem great. Even e, any of them. They, they, I think there's a casualness, and I brought this up to both. Uh, Brandon. Did you ever watch Trailer Park Boys? Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's the same type of show, right? These like relaxed kind of dudes who are just doing messed up stuff all yeah, the time. I didn't get that. And either. Buzz did not like Trailer Park Boys, so I get it. I kind of get it now why he doesn't like. It's always sunny. It's like very casual, relaxed. They don't have set up punchline type of humor. So do you want to hear his notes or do you? Well, kind of, and they're kind of crappy people. And they are crappy people. They are very crappy people. And and Buzz keeps saying like, oh, well, I just don't relate to these people. Well, not just because they're crappy people, because I know there are crappy people, but there aren't that crappy that many crappy people who have the mentality of five-year-olds, which is what you would have to be. Exactly. For the, I, I don't know. It just doesn't land with me. But I, you're not supposed to relate to them. That's the whole point. Well, without relating to them, I can't really find the humor. Well, uh, just in case anybody was wondering, the episode that made Buzz hysterically laugh, like laugh his ass off, was uh, the gang wrestles for the troops. <laughs> Which is a great episode. Yeah, I Roddy, what I was... Roddy Piper in it. Oh, that might have been part of it. Yeah, he Roddy like... Roddy Piper was in it. Uh, he should have had a bigger film career. He was actually the best actor on that episode. <laughs> it was Rowdy Roddy Piper. And then Cricket plays the Taliban. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny? I don't know why. And uh, then uh, Frank is the, the trash man. And Buzz seemed to like all of that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't remember. And I don't think I'm any more likely to... To keep watching it. People seem to really like... Uh, Have you shown him any of the episodes with the McPoyles? No, I haven't yet. And uh, that that probably would be a good one to show him next. But you know, the funny thing is, every time we're at the house now, he's like, hey, you want to put on that stupid show? It's like, why are you recommending it? <laughs> <laughs> I was felt kind of inspired by one of the characters, uh, the character of Mac, because in some of the seasons, he's... he's oh my God, you're coming out. He's, no. <laughs> he's... Mac is fat. Yeah. And you told me that he's married to that the blonde on the show. Yeah, yeah. In real life. Yeah. yeah. And on the seasons where he was fat, I was like, oh, she's way out of his league. Like, she's too hot for him. But then in some of the episodes, he got just like more than just in shape jack season 13 he gets super mm -hmm. ripped and i was like well did you ever did you ever hear why he got big like what like the reasons why that was uh -uh. he was he was he thought he was putting on mass that's how it started he well the character he bulking the, up. the character yes okay but the actor he did it because he thought it would be funny the he actor did it became well the one of the fat because the he reasons, thought it would be funny yes the actor well, one did. of the big reasons too is that he one of the things that he didn't like is that as he saw television shows progress he was like you always see the people get prettier or they slim down you never see them degrade at all mm -hmm. and i wanted to make sure that i did that on the show and so that was how they um, wrote it into the storyline of him becoming just fat and bloated well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, right. But in the seasons where he got really in shape, it was like, oh, now he's the attractive one in that relationship. <laughs> and I think it's inspired me. I should just go to the gym and just go <laughs> balls to the freaking walls, working out, saying and get that super jacked. Man, if I was in prison, I'd get prison jacked because I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> and then I've been in quarantine, in quarantine with nothing oh, else to do. At the beginning and I still of quarantine, I thought. 
Okay, you know what? I'm, you gonna be home. Would... I'm just going to work out like a maniac, and I, I have been less healthy during quarantine <laughs> than any other point in my life. You said you would get ripped in prison? Yeah, he said that. You would totally be somebody's girlfriend. That no, I wouldn't. <laughs> if I went to prison... Well, he used the term prison jack. <laughs> if I had to do like a dime, let's say, that means 10 years. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> instead thank you, Al Capone. Of, instead that. of just... Here's what I would do. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to anybody. I wouldn't associate with anybody. I'd just be in my cell, and I would read or whatever, because I saw in Shawshank Redemption that uh, they have an old man that brings by books that you could pick out so mm-hmm. you can read. So I'd do that, except for my, my yard time, and I would just use that to do nothing but lift weights. <laughs> so I would be the most well-read and completely physical specimen by the time I got out of prison. But based on what I've been going through in quarantine, I, I think I would probably go the exact opposite direction. <laughs> hey, you want to hear some comments from the feed? Sure. Uh, Buzz is totally infatuated and flirting. This is pathetic. I was flirting with Chandra. <laughs> known Chandra a long Thank time. Thank you, Sergio. I'm, screw you, Sergio. I wasn't flirting. That's re- preposterous. Well, I would say you, you had a little more of a dreamy quality to your voice. You kind of got a little... Really? Well, I think he's more just fascinated by the story. Yeah. If you didn't know Buzz, yeah, I could see that. But if you knew him. Guys, she, she, she's just a really interesting person. A lot I of people liked lot. the interview. They said that was a really good interview. This is the best inter- real interview in a long time. Let her talk, Buzz. <laughs> Thanks, Raphael. Well, I think it was just exuberant, you know, because I was so interested in her story. I'm sorry I, if I overdid it. Mm. What else? Keep Nico on the show. Oh, wait. No, that one's for me. Um, is that from your mom? Yep. That was my mom. Actually, <laughs> she probably is on the feed right now. Um, you know, Bilbo brought something up. And Brandon, I wanted to ask you this real quick uh, about your, your post about the Confederate flags. Bilbo said, if we rename the Confederate uh, forts and get rid of the flag, why don't we rename and dismantle the Democratic Party? Because they fought for slavery and resisted civil rights up until the 60s. And I actually are they are they still are they still doing that? No. Or have they kind of changed? The no. Course? My response to Bill was he's like, why don't you rename the Democrat Party? Maybe the Democrat Party would consider that if the Republican Party would admit that they took all the worst members of the Democrat Party in their Southern strategy of the nineteen sixties. Yeah. True. I mean, but in uh, post Civil War, uh, people were Democrats, and. That didn't flip around until the 1960s. And it was mm-hmm. part of the Southern strategy where it's like, you know, Johnson was doing his uh, uh, great society, you know, uh, you, you they have, were doing a lot of... You have to admit, it's an interesting point, though, at least. If, if we're going to, you know, take down all the symbols of institutional racism, why not start with one of them, like the Democratic Party's name? And I completely Well, because Bill is only trying to score a political point there. He wouldn't be on board if it was like, okay, well, the Republicans have to admit that they adopted all the kind of like the racism and the xenophobia that, that had existed in the Democratic Party. It's not trying to find any solution. It's just trying to... It's uh, just like, well, you know... The, I see this argument all the time, like on Breitbart and Fox News and stuff. It's like, well, the Democrats were the pro-slavery. Yeah, they were at the time, but all of these aspects kind of uh, shifted. There was almost like a magnetic polar switch where people who did not want civil rights and were against all that stuff 
in mass left the Democratic Party. It was all part of a, a Nixon strategy. All right, uh, we're out of time for today. I'm being told we have to wrap up. I would keep going, uh, though, if I were allowed. It's all Joanna's fault. You can reach out to her on social media and uh, tell her. But we'll talk to you tomorrow. So long. Mm-hmm.